time for Cofield and Company. They got a lot of talent, and um, you know there's 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 a lot of money on that floor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> EJ underneath, double clutch shot short. Oh boy! Caleb Boone for the slam dunk. Kicks out top. Kicks to Rodriguez. Rodriguez behind the back pass oh, to Caleb Boone for the slam dunk. And Cot shoots a three, missed it, and the Rebels in overtime take care of a gutsy Wyoming Cowboys team, 75 to 69. It's Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Live at Parkway Tavern on the Finley Toyota Studios, Cofield Adder again ready for the Kevin Kruger radio show. You hear some Rebel highlights on the way back. Learfield, John Sandler, Curtis Terry on the call there. Adam Hill is in studio. If we get a chance, if we can get some Windex for uh, Adam's camera there, that'll be cool. Uh, we do video the show every day. If you look up on YouTube, we got shorts up there. We got Twitter. We got Facebook. So we're trying to get out more and more video content after the show. And eventually... We'll have uh, more live. You don't have to do it right now, Devon. It's Cofield, Adam Hill. Like I don't even want to get into your laptop. It's I not think mine. You, oh, it's his? Okay. Well, so, something got messy on the screen. These are uh, reminiscent of the old days with Ari, whose uh, camera was always dirty for some reason. Which, by the way, uh, the lead-in show to ours, the arena, uh, is that it for the show? What are we doing? That was embarrassing. I mean, fun times, but... Uh, Ari? Damon, what did Greg Salerno call you guys who uh, run the shows? Uh, just the guys who plug in the headphones. Yeah. So for him to lose to Ari, yeah, it might be time to pack it in. I don't know. I didn't listen to most of it, but I know that Ari That's won. rough. I came, in studio, then, I came in studio about 2.05 today Yeah. Uh, to do some writing, so I was listening to the show, and I said to I said, I said to Damon, uh, oh, man, poor Greg just – I guess he must just be in need of a victory that he's just having on somebody that doesn't even know anything about sports to argue yeah. with, and then he loses. I think the great part was Ari at the end is bragging about uh, he watches and, and knows a lot more about uh, beyond just sports. Like I don't remember him knowing anything no, about anything. Yes, uh, it's like it's like it's like having a buy game like for a, a college basketball team where you're like, ah, oh, let's bring in you know some Division three school just to get a free win. Doesn't happen. What a freaking nightmare. But, yeah, listen to that show every uh, week at 2 o'clock leading into ours on Wednesdays. So before we get to the uh, Rebels victory, talk a little Golden Knights. It's been a little hard to get a read on them, Adam. And so much of, so much of it is just trying to get a rhythm as they're getting healthier or getting more injured. I'm not sure where they are right now in that spectrum. So what did the last night do? Well, I think it was it was huge for them just because they have been struggling uh, so much. They had lost three in a row, five of six, and some of those games weren't even close. I mean, the, the first Toronto game last week uh, was maybe their worst performance of the year, their highest amount of goals allowed, seven, uh, tied for their highest shots on goal, 42. Uh, they were just blown out, of the, blown out of the arena on home ice by Toronto, and then they started a, you know, this long road trip through the Northeast, and some of the teams, you know, some really, really good teams. They had Toronto yesterday. Uh, they have Boston tomorrow. Uh, so they had a challenge uh, in store on this road trip. And they, they kind of said after the Ottawa game, which they lost in a shootout, that they started to figure some things out. And I think you could say, well, did you? I mean, you lost. Uh, you had a 2 nothing lead. You squandered it. You lost the game. How much did you really figure out? But then it looked like they did because it wasn't just the results of the game, which – Obviously, it's a 6-2 win in the end. It was 0-0 midway through the game. Uh, Knights put up three and then scored a couple late. But uh, 
it's not just the fact that they won or the fact they scored six goals. It's that they played the way they want to play. Well, they really well structured, uh, managed the puck well, and then got to the front of the net. And you know, Shea Theodore is just crushing it with eight assists since he returned four games ago. So I think it's the way that they played, the way that they were able to, you know, manage the game the way that they wanted to, and and just kind of put together a performance that they very very badly needed. Uh, they're still in good shape in terms of making the playoffs and that sort of thing. And that's the goal. They just want to get there. But, you know, they're, they're, they were treading water a bit uh, for, for a while. And uh, the fact that they're you know, starting to swim a little bit, I think, is probably a good sign. Looking ahead to the playoffs, if it were to settle in around where it is right now, is there a team out there for VGK where you're like, yeah, I don't think they want to match up against them early? Yeah, I mean, Edmonton. But I say that, and I keep hearing back from people around the team. They're like, yeah, everybody says that, but they, you know, it didn't matter last year. Well, it is a new year. Uh, I do think Edmonton's a team they don't want to play, and it's at this point it's the most likely opponent that they would play. Uh, so, you know, if you're if you're second, you play them. You know, you get to host that series. If you uh, finish third, then you're uh, you don't have home ice in that series. It's it's far different, I think. So, to me, that's who they don't want to play. Uh, I you know I feel like other teams like Vancouver. Yes, they look fine in the regular season. I don't know how they're good. They're going to be in the playoffs. I don't think the Kings are that good. Uh, you start looking around a little bit at who they could potentially play. Um, yeah, there's some teams in the other division. If you end up in a wild card spot, which is not a, a, an ideal scenario, there's some teams from uh, that other division that are going to be very difficult. But if you're staying in your division, I think it's Edmonton, the team that you don't want to play. So building on that with matchups, I don't know if you saw it last week, but with the run Rebels, uh, Mike Romala, when he goes out to the media sessions with Kevin Kruger and the players, He'll put together some notes, and one of the notes had mentioned a couple games back that Kevin Kruger said, well, being inside of that top five is important, but matchups may be even more important if they had to play the extra game. <laughs> there was, that was not received well by the more vocal rebel backers. What do you think, Adam, when you hear that? That, uh, well, you know, the bye would be good, but really the matchups are what it comes down to. Well, you can't really control who the matchups are. I mean, you can control, like, the first game. Um, and if there's one side of the bracket that just ends up being completely uh, unbalanced, then that does change that a little bit. But right. uh, I think it's less games is a far more far more important factor who's going to make it. Yeah, especially since uh, the note is out there that uh, that Wednesday play-in round to the quarterfinals, uh, none of those teams have ever won the conference tournament. Yeah, It's a haul. There's a reason. Yeah, it's a haul. Uh, there are well. First of all, there's two dominant programs in the conference, and until recently, well, I guess I could say they still are. But there's been three dominant programs in the tournament, and that's been, believe it or not, Utah State, which they're back, uh, Boise State, and San Diego State. So it's it's hard enough just to get to the finals, but to win a final is tough. But when you're actually doing it on a fourth day of games, and there's that bounce back too. The this this conference, uh, too much to uh, San Diego State chagrin, who would like to run the conference, uh, you have to do a quick turnaround from potentially playing the late game on Friday night to the final on Saturday. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there's, you know, there's much question of, of where there is. And a lot of things can change. A lot of, th- a lot of th- things can shift uh, between now and then. But, <laughs> you think? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> How about uh, last night? Time. How about last night? We'll go around the conference in a couple of minutes. And last night was almost one of those uh, disastrous nights and days for the Rebels and maybe more importantly the sanity of the Rebel fans who – UNLV's now played in uh, 
Ten of their games have been decided by five points or less either way. They're five and five, which you, from the outside, you look at that and you're like, all right, these are coin flip situations. Five and five's not bad. Um, I had one guy text me uh, or tweet out, he didn't tweet me, he tweeted out at the half. Uh, no, actually going to overtime that if Kevin Kruger uh, and the Rebels didn't win the Wyoming game in overtime, then he should get the Lane Kiffin treatment. Is that right? Maybe Gerard Gallant treatment and just be left behind. And I was like, well, I saw it after they won. I'm like, they're 5-5 five and five in low-scoring games. It's not – they haven't been horrible in those situations. Now, you remember the ones you lose, but I also saw last night that uh, one of the Colorado State writers was having to defend Nico Medved and his ability to be a head coach. I'm like, for CSU fans, I don't know who you think you are, but Nico Medved's doing a hell of a job there. You don't want him? There's lots of other places that will take him. Yeah, but the, but they've but they've had a handful of close, disappointing losses like the one last night where they struggled to close out the game. They get beat on a half court shot. Fan bases all go through this. Um, if your team is a twenty seven win team, then maybe you're winning seventy percent of your five point games within a season. But it generally evens out. Well, especially in this conference, right? I mean, it's every team. Every team in the conference has what at least four, five losses at this point. At least four, but. Uh, I think most of them have five at least, and most of those are very close games down to the wire. Like there's just so many games that go down to the wire in this conference that you're going to have some losses there. And last night was dicey down the stretch. The Rebels should not have been in overtime, uh, but they win dicey, the game. It doesn't. Not the right. It was that was a disaster. That you got to fix that. You can't allow those things to happen again and again. What do you have to fix? Uh, just decision making, uh, you know, not understanding time and situation. Uh, there's no need to get aggressive uh, and try and, tr- and lose the ball when you're just trying to get fouled. Accept the foul. Like yes, you're trying to kill a little bit of clock before you get fouled, but you can't allow the ball to just get away. Um, you're talking about who? Webster. Yeah, and then there's actually, a- I think that I thought that move lacked aggression because he had the ball free and clear, and for some reason, once he crossed the half court line, he stopped. And then got caught in a triple team. Like, keep dribbling forward and make them work to foul you. Don't make it an easy foul. And certainly don't make it possible. Hold on. Make it possible for someone to double and triple team you. Yeah, protect the ball. But I don't mind stopping because you don't want to dribble and get out of control. But protect the ball. Don't hold it out away from you and allow when you know guys are going to come after you. You can't do that. And then, I mean, look, it's very, very difficult for me to find reasons to criticize uh, DJ. uh, But you can't just give the ball away. Yeah. You can't just hand it away. Uh, There's just you've got to understand you know, again time and situation where you are and uh, where they were in the game and they can't you can't allow from where uh, I think it was Boone made the three that put them up five. The game should have been over then. It has to be over then. You can't foul you know cheap fouls going to the rim uh, when you <laughs> allow the clock to stop and 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 give them a three point play instead of two. Well, they also and they lost they lost sight of the assignment which they had handled pretty good all game against Sam Griffin, who's best when he's going downhill, and he kept, you know, he kept setting up on the, uh, his left side of the floor and then uh, using some traffic to get somewhere near the rim or into the lane, and they, he got loose on him like three times. That's why they kept – every time UNLV took a, a four- or five- or six-point lead, Griffin came down and made something happen. Yeah, but you, in, in that case, once he's at the rim, you got to let him go. You can't – there's no reason to – especially a cheap foul uh, when you give up a three-point play. And I, I saw a lot of people out there last night just screaming about – coaching and yes the you know obviously there has to be some some better understanding of the situations and getting and drilling into the players but at some point like players have to know too like this is you've been playing basketball your whole life you've been in situations down the stretch your whole life 
you have to know time and situation and score and all those things. And uh, there's just too many times when they when they lack it. Now, in the end, they've won eight of nine yeah. <laughs> since they got blown out and embarrassed. And they probably should have won all nine of them since they got you know blown out and embarrassed and that whatever that game was against the Air Force. So I still can't figure it out. Uh, they have been very, very, very good. But there are still just times when they need to make it easier on themselves, and they haven't been able to do that very often. This is what's coming up. Uh, Saturday game against San Jose State here at the Thomas and Mac. A Tuesday home game against San Diego State, and I would think that could be uh, a possible crowd of like seven or 8,000. Uh, used to be a crowd of 15,000 for that one, or sometimes sellouts, but uh, take what you can get right now as they're building momentum. And then on the road next Saturday at Reno, and we're going to talk to Shannon Kelly from Nevada Sportsnet about that one. Uh, by the way, if you want to take part in the program, uh, people are always concerned about NIL. You heard uh, the lead in there. Maybe Jeff Linder can set something up like this or just simply donate to UNILV. Uh, uh, friends of UNILV.com is where you go because uh, right now they're still running that contest. The $150,000 half court shootout. Uh, you can go up to that website. Uh, you are in the drawing potentially. To get a half-court shot against San Diego State, worth $100,000. You can also win a two-night stay at the Palms Hardwood Suite, worth uh, $50,000, including uh, dinner for two at Scotch 80, free uh, slot play, and a spa certificate. And either way, uh, if you get in uh, up to $100 in guaranteed Palms free slot play or dining credits that uh, pay you back for your donation. So give it a try at Friends of UNILV. Dot com. Uh, Taylor Swift in the news in all parts of the show in every single hour. So turn up the freaking radio or wherever you're listening, maybe on a stream. What's going on here? Uh, who's your girl who does the uh, the cooking show? Uh, what's her name there? Selena Gomez. Yeah, Selena Gomez. And I like her. She's kind of understated. She's pretty funny. She's had celebrity chefs. And I think what is her kitchen? Is T-Swift actually a decently accomplished chef? Is she mostly desserts? What's her deal? See, she's more of a baker. She's like the, uh, the micromala. Of, uh, of pop stars. Mike Ramallah only eats desserts and only cooks desserts. That's his thing, uh, our good friend. He does eat burgers. That's his adventurous thing on the road. I don't think he cooks them, though. No. He, uh, he'll generally, he told me he went to a hot spot in Laramie on the edge of town, a diner, and he got a burger, and he rated it as pretty good. Well, he also, I know he went to Love's, the truck stop, which I introduced him to. Uh, so he did, he did check that out. That was one of his other hot spots on the road. And I told him, if you're in any town like Laramie, there will be like 100 people there just hanging out. And he didn't believe me. That's, that's the hot spot. He didn't believe me. And then he texted me and said, oh, my God, people just hang out here. I said, yes, that's what they do. It's like the hot spot in town. And so uh, that was there. But, no, uh, he likes to bake and Taylor likes to bake. I guess he missed his chance. That would have been a perfect, a perfect pair. Sure. Uh, but she decided, you know what? I'm going to try to get myself ingratiated with this team. I want the guys to like me. I want my boyfriend's teammates to like me. So she made homemade Pop-Tarts for the offensive line. Which sounds awesome. Sounds very delicious. There was apparently an issue that there wasn't enough. They got scarfed down before they could be shared, and Andy Reid didn't get any. He was, not a, he was not happy with that. I could see Andy Reid being a Pop-Tart guy. Especially a homemade Pop-Tart? Hmm. That's also, I mean, you know, interesting that a pop star would make Pop-Tarts. I think that's that was pointed out by a lot of people. Didn't but, even think of that. Yeah. Wow. But sounded delicious. I think maybe she should start marketing them. She probably needs the money. Yeah, right? I think yeah. they'd sell? 
Uh, I think so. I think they, t- I think they do pretty well, especially in Kansas City. Taylor's tarts or Trump sneakers? Who wins? Uh, what sells better? Maybe the sneakers. What? I know. <laughs> well, for the price tag, too, she's going to have to sell a lot of Taylor's tarts. Uh, do you see the – first of all, I mean, God, we could do – we could probably do the whole three hours on uh, on SNL from this week, but um, there was the there was the <laughs> Trump sneakers commercial, which was tremendous. Hilarious. I saw a great comment, someone talking about SNL, and they said it's gotten way too political. And I wanted to look up the first episode in 1976, and I will guarantee you they had political material on the first episode ever. Isn't that? It was George Carlin. Like, that's the show. Yeah, it was George, George Carlin. George, you're right. I, I never got to look it up. I know George Carlin hosted. You think maybe he had some commentary that would uh, now be no. qualified as political? No, no. Since no everything political. apparently is political? And wasn't that when, I mean, that's the era when they had the, the character that was just Gerald Ford constantly falling down, yeah, right? Yeah, it was Chevy Chase just falling yeah, down. Just falling down constantly? Well, we, we, we uh, currently use the same material for the last few presidents. So if that's political, I think it's just funny it's or sad funny. that we've got uh, old doddering fools who are falling all over themselves. All right, quick time out here. We have a lot more uh, Taylor Swift on the way. Devon is here. Adam's here. I'm, uh, they're back in the studio. I'm here at uh, the site of the Kevin Kruger Radio Show, which is going down right after 6 o'clock. Parkway Tavern in the district. Happy hour is going down here in just a little bit. Two bucks off all the beers and half-price appetizers and pizzas. And you know what? I was wrong. It's not happening in just a bit. Happy hour is here at all the Parkway Taverns. But you're going to tweet about folks needing to leave your son alone and letting him... You did that. LeBron is entirely and completely culpable for any kind of critique coming in Bronny's direction at this juncture. And it's not wrong. I'm not saying it's a crime. I'm just saying own it. It's you. It's not It's not the media. That's LeBron. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Reno. Reno coming up in about 40 minutes. Right now, just Vegas here on Cofield and Company. We're live at Parkway Tavern in the district getting ready for the Kevin Kruger Radio show. Adam Hill and Devon are back in the Finley Toyota studios. You hear Stephen A. getting after LeBron. He's right. Uh, LeBron can't throw it out there that his son could play in the NBA now, right before he starts off his USC career, and then tell everyone to back off. Like, come on, man. You're the one who created these things. But you know what? It's hard to be objective with your family, with your kids, you know, with your wife. We see that with Matt Stafford and Kelly Stafford. I can name many other couples. Um, it sounds like we had a couple things to hit here. It sounds like more and more Tom Brady is willing to talk about what happened with Giselle, Adam. And I guess I wasn't really paying attention enough when this was all going down. There's more and more indicators that uh, a big part of the Giselle Brady divorce was that Giselle may have been stepping out for months and months and months before the divorce. Hmm. The hmm. jiu-jitsu instructor, right? That was always the rumor. The the martial arts instructor that she was hanging around with too much. I thought it was the fact that Tom was a lousy husband and wouldn't stop working. Well, that's why she had to go find the jiu-jitsu instructor. Will that be ex- the excuse from people who stepped up Without information to annihilate Tom Brady as a bad husband? Well, I think that's what it always was, that, right? That's, a, oh, he's a, he's a bad husband. So she had no choice but to violate things and be an adulterer. I think that's what it always was. That was I always the 
because I mean, this is not new. Well, working working a lot doesn't automatically correlate to the uh, the wife or the husband who feels like they're not being paid the proper attention going out and doinking on the side. Sure. I mean, look, there was. I know. I, I know you like to downplay every story, but that's sort of a serious element of the story. If it always, was, if it was, hey, you're working too much. That's one thing. Hey, you're working too much, and I'm gonna go f on the side. That sort of changes things. Causation, Steve. It does, but it's also. I mean, that was always the rumors about him, also, and you know, the plane, and no, no, that was Ben's girl. Uh, you know, there, the, all those things were out there. But I think the reason would be, and this, it's not an excuse. Nobody's saying it's an excuse. You never should do it. But if it's if if your if your point was. He's, he's working too much. He keeps going back to work. He's not taking time off. She tells him every year, please retire. He won't retire. And then eventually she's like, all right, fine. I'm going to go out there. Like, those do those are one and the same argument. There's not, not an really. excuse for either one of them. Um, she, could, she could also, because I know she's been featured a bunch in interviews, like, yeah, we got to follow up and see how rough this has been on Giselle. Eh, apparently not that rough. Um, <laughs> she found a replacement pretty easily. Now, she may come clean and say, hey, you know what? Tom was doing it on the side in violation of me the entire time. And, yeah, that plane story where uh, it was blamed on Affleck was doing something froggy on the plane and not Tom, yeah. it was Tom. Which, that, that might very well be the case, but the point is when you're looking at a relationship from the outside, you really don't know what's going on. And I remember I could, for the life of me, and I employed our vast sound crew and our vast library, but I'm guessing that Jared deleted the bite. Um, I remember playing over and over and over again when they split. There was some lady on TikTok who just laid into Tom Brady about being a terrible husband because he wouldn't stop working. Sure. I mean, there was plenty of those people out there. And um, same with, you know, criticizing her for being around. There was people, I remember people saying she shouldn't have, I mean, it turns out, I guess we're right. She shouldn't have a male jujitsu instructor. That's all, that's cheating. You're like, wait, what? (laughs) Wait, just doing the jujitsu with a guy? Yeah, yeah. As a woman? Yeah. And then it turns out, I mean, it's, turns out kind of true. I mean, there's kind of some potential there. Yeah. Not going to go back to uh, a discussion that Candy and I had the other day. I don't know what, Damon, do you remember that discussion about riding the mechanical bull? I don't know what happened at the end of the show, but it got real weird. Yeah, you were kind of – Candy took it there, but, Steve, it could have been um, interpreted as you were worried about how much manhood you had would be the problem with you riding the um, I misstated it because that's where he went with it. The What I was setting up is I feel like every time you go to a bar with a mechanical bull, oftentimes it's just people watching women kind of get all floppy and loose, right? That something could happen. Yes. And I and I, I went into it saying, you know – like the one time I did it, I I might have slipped out. I wasn't talking about endowment or worries about junk flying all over the place. But Candy, he he took it and ran with it, and then that was the end of the show. And I never got to follow up on it. So, well, that now days sometimes later. that happens. Yes, it does. You're right. <laughs> but I just want to say that Mahomes he's never catching Brady now. This man had his wife cheating on him, and he said, "You know what? I do not care. The game means more." Yeah. Mahomes, divorce or nothing. And that's it. Well, it has he's to be still now. got like 14 years left until yeah, so he has to do I'm that. not saying it has to be now, but eventually he has to love the game so much his wife says, I'm done with you. Um, well, let's make this prediction. And, uh, you know, we're gonna, we'll steal one from the – I could see this going down on TV and then people getting all mad about sports talk TV. We'll do it. <laughs> right? We have plenty of football notes to talk about, but we'll let, let's latch on to this one. Now that we found out – uh, Tom Brady believes that Giselle was doinking on the side. 
and Devon just laid out the narrative. Tom Brady is so tough that he was like, I'm going to win football. Nothing will distract me if Brittany Mahomes got loose or for some reason they got divorced. Do you think Patrick Mahomes would fall apart? No. No, especially now. I think it would be – well, first of all, he'd be, he'd be fine. He'd be motivated and want to go. But I think he also would just latch on with one of, one of Taylor's friends. I think he'd pull the Russell Wilson, if you know what I mean. What does that mean? I don't know what it means. Um, Russell Wilson, when he got drafted, <laughs> there was a very excited young woman who happened to be white on his arm. But, you know, once he divorced her, he got with a sister. That's all I'm saying. Oh, you think so? You think Mahomes? <laughs> if it ends. If it ends. Mahomes has heard enough about it. Ice He's spice. like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do things right this time. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? We, that's, that's could, we could both be right. It could be Taylor's friend and it could be Ice Spice. Man. I, I, I actually think this is a great discussion. Like, I was kidding about the sports talk TV shows. I think you could rate quarterbacks based on the fact uh, or based on their ability to shut everything else in the world out. Like, when things are going wrong at home, they don't fall apart. And we have seen athletes who have had tough times on the home front, like, have to kind of do a reset. I mean, I think one of the greatest examples ever was our own hometown guy, Andre Agassi. Sure. Right? Agassi's career fell apart, and a lot of people thought at the time, you know what, the Brooke Shields thing? It went to hell. And he had a reset. It is a big part part of many – we'll we'll just stick to male athletes right now. Obviously, it's a big part of females as well. Um, But your home life can freaking derail you. And there are certain athletes out there, I think, they can deal with it, pour themselves into their work, just like Brady did, because we're just going to make this a fact now. Uh, Giselle was cheating on him. Uh, Brady just turned his attention to, to the team and was like, I'm going to win. I don't care what's happening with her. Well, we've we've hinted at it, and I'll continue to just kind of dance around it. But I mean, that was the rumor of what happened with the Bills in the playoffs last year. I mean, that is out there of Josh Allen playing just a horrific game. There you go, in Buffalo. There it is. He keeps doing it. He's he's officially doing it on the air. I'm I'm just saying that was the rumors that are out there. I'm not saying what the rumors rumors were, but there was an issue at home, and that's why Stephon Diggs lost it on him on the sideline, saying you're. Nonsense at home just cost us a chance to win a Super Bowl. Right. And that, I mean, that was the rumor that was out there. It's the so, rumor you believe, and you have well sourced. I didn't say that. I'm just saying that's, it was definitely out there and talked about. And so, I mean, to your point of some, guy, some guys just let those things affect them and they fall apart, that was the rumor. Josh oh. Allen doesn't have the mental fortitude. That's why he'll never win the big one. A, I said it. He did play terrible. <laughs> terrible. Wait, so his life is cleared up now, or or it's still not cleared up? He's with up? Haley now. So, so that's a good thing? So we can't use, that's not an excuse for poor play? Well, he didn't completely fall apart this year like he did last year. All right. It wasn't great. Uh, right now you can qualify to win $2,024 doing this every day between 7A and 5P with uh, ESPN Las Vegas. You can hit the jackpot, $2,024. That's every day. But I said but. Uh, very easy. You, there's no but to it. All you got to do is text us. 702-364-1100. 364-1100. Use the code word of the day. It's Rebels. Like UNLV. Rebels. R-E-B-E-L-S. Rebels. Text it right now and you have a chance to win $2,024 courtesy of ESPN Las Vegas. 702-364-1100. Rebels. Hi, this is Peyton Manning. I know a thing or two about audibles. Specifically when it comes to making a change during the game. 
You can call your own audibles with early cash out on the Caesar Sportsbook Nevada app. With early cash out, now you have the option to audible your previously placed wagers with just a click. Audible? Is this just an excuse for you to say Omaha in an ad? Exactly, Eli. Omaha. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. I'll say there's only one thing that slightly annoys me about our show, and it's the time slot. But uh, frankly, I don't want to get up in the morning to do a show unless better compensated because that's a rough haul. Right, Adam? You know that. Um, Three to six does take me out of the mix and my SO for happy hour. And my Lord, it it is awesome today, especially after when we took off the other night, guys, from Laramie, it was 10. And we get to the airport, and they just said repeatedly, be really careful when you get off the bus. The runway's icy as hell. Now, I don't think they meant that for me. Maybe they did, because I think I'm the second oldest guy or third oldest guy on the bus. But they meant it for the players. But, yeah, going from 10 and icy to whatever it is, 68, and uh, any place that has a patio in Vegas is open right now. And happy hours going down, and that includes the uh, District Parkway Tavern, so. Is there, is there anything better than just hanging out at happy hour? I actually, I got done with some, you know, with our show prep a little early, and I actually just sat out in front of Parkway, put my feet up for a couple of minutes, and was just sort of basking in the sun. What a life! It's, it's lovely. What Can't a do life. Um, you know what's funny? When we first got there, it was forty-eight degrees, and because it's Laramie, you were like, "Oh my god, this is unbelievable." Like, that's what, 48 and sunny for them in February. You're like, this is heaven. It's great. Steve, real quick, you all, you give nicknames to just about everything. So when you always say Laradice, I thought that was a Cofield original. They said no. it on the TV broadcast last night, too. And I was like, is this just a thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They yeah, I didn't, to, make, they I didn't make that one up. <laughs> yeah, they're obnoxious. I mean, believe me, I, oh, I think if they're saying it that way, it's one thing. People outside the market are absolutely mocking on it. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely. Definitely, it's definitely ironic. You uh, you mentioned loves. We've got at least one here, right? Up on the fifteen. I don't think it's a loves though. No, it's not a loves anymore. It's a regular truck stop. But the love you, signage is there. When oh, you it is? yeah, it is. All right, maybe it is. Oh wait, when, are you talking about North? Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I was yeah, on the fifteen. There's up a truck I like. stop south, but that's that's not a loves. Yeah, Cheyenne or Craig. Um, you said small towns will congregate at a place like that, right? You yeah. didn't mean Vegas. No. Like, no. there's not a thriving Vegas community yet. No, the Vegas one is used for the actual truck truckers that stop there. Oh, I thought you were going to go elsewhere. No, but if you... No, what? what like yeah, a, Albuquerque? An Albuquerque thing? Uh, no, I was talking about prostitution. Oh, no. I mean... Those... like. I don't know where everyone's working on TROP near Wild Wild West they anymore. They got weeded out at Wild Wild West now. They, lo- they lost their area. It's sad. It's unfortunate. I don't, I don't know if it's sad, but... Uh, well, I guess, for them, they're, they're not employed. What are you talking about? You got to move around. Well, maybe they went to the loves. I don't know. It's that's where they go. Uh, but no, I mean, like the one I use, for example, like a Bakersfield. There's a truck stop outside of there where it's just packed all the time with townies. That's so and awesome. What are they doing there? And Bakersfield. Did you get that in your scathing columns uh, on uh, Bakersfield? Of course, the past, of course, I did. You did? I said it appeared there was 
a mother <laughs> selling something to her son, but they just didn't really realize it. They just ran into each other at the Loves. Former UNLV quarterback and current voice of the Rebels on radio, Caleb Herring is live right now on Cofield and Company. Caleb up in about a minute. Want to remind you, Circle Las Vegas hosting a Golden Knights viewing party this Saturday for P. Puckdrop, JVT, and Lindsey Brown will be there for ESPN Las Vegas as uh, the race to the playoffs has begun. A great viewing party. Uh, actually going to be moved in from Stadium Swim because of weather concerns, so it'll be at Overhang Bar, Circle Sports, upstairs, overlooking the book, right there at Circle Las Vegas. Uh, free to get in, obviously. You can walk into the casino. Certainly encouraged to wear VGK gear. You're going to party with the uh, Vegas Vivas chance and other VGK fans and a chance to uh, register to win Circa Gold VGK jerseys, uh, Golden Knights tickets while checking out the game with the Knights at Buffalo, 4 o'clock, 4 to 7. ESPN Las Vegas will be on the scene at the Overhang Bar in Circa Las Vegas. All right, Caleb, we got to come out in a strange fashion here, uh, but it's a very important question. It's our question of the day. What's going on, buddy? Oh, you know, I'm excited for this question of the day after that built up, but no, nothing much outside of this. Now, now I'm kind of nervous. What's going on here? Now you can answer it. Um, here is uh, Jesse Waters, a pretty famous TV host on Fox. I guess he's got rules about eating ice cream. Fire this. For ice cream. You should save that for vacation. Mm. A grown man, especially the president, should not be licking ice cream mm. in public. Okay. Caleb, do you lick ice cream in public? <laughs> I, I have. I, oh, I, God. <laughs> And so there's when I'm with my children, I eat ice cream with them. That's probably the only time I actually eat cone ice cream anymore. Wow. Anyway, like first the president, cream, now law enforcement. This is unbelievable. If, if I eat ice cream, I, I agree with the rules to an extent. There's just one exception. When you're with children at Disneyland, it's okay. But most of the time, as a grown man, when I eat ice cream, it's out of a bowl. I, I have a bowl at home, and I go in with a spoon. I might even go straight from the tub with my spoon. So, like, nice. there's... There's no licking involved. They now that's manly. Now that's manly to put your uh, your your germs in others' potential food, like drink right out of cartons. That's being a man. There you go, Jesse Waters. <laughs> Up yours. I think I, I kind of got to think Caleb's right on this. Like, if you go out to an ice cream store or like a, a frozen yogurt place, I mean it sucks because cones are so delicious. But I think you got to go bowl and spoon. You go bowl. That's the rule. That is. We've we've evolved past this debate of do we lick the cone or not because we just skip the cone. Like we get the bowl, and some places now even have the cone bowl, like the waffle uh, bowl, yeah. so you can eat it after the fact. I've gone as far as I've ordered a bowl, and they just ask for an empty cone on the side if I want the flavor. But you don't you don't even order popsicles like that anymore. Who orders? The cone ice cream. That's you guys the, are wrong. Why, I don't, I don't understand. Why succumb to the pressure? Be a man. Stand up against judgmental men. Go ahead, Damon. You guys are both wrong because there is nothing that a grown man needs after a hard day than to lick an ice cream yes. cone and feel like a child. I don't know what you guys – I don't care. what I am licking away as Steve yes. just did the motion. Yes, I, I will lick and I don't care who's watching. Now, if you're on a date with your, with your girl, with your lady or something – you lift the cone. Like, I mean, who knows? There's times that are appropriate. But if I'm just on a normal day, first of all, I'm not buying ice cream in public. I don't do that anymore. If I want ice cream, I get it from the store and I take it home and I enjoy it on my couch in my underwear while I'm watching the game. That's how I eat ice cream. 
So there's none of this in public nonsense that we're even talking about. What what's all this about? Um, you know, people don't realize this, but there was a part of the video that was cut out in the Cam Newton fight. He was actually at the top of the stairs licking an ice cream cone, and it, the guys just flipped out. <laughs> that's, that's what started that fight. We really don't know what started it. There was trash talking from Cam, and he was just just lapping away at a cone. If Cam Newton was trash talking people at a flag football contest while licking an ice cream cone, then he deserved to be jumped. I, that, that's the most disrespectful thing you could do is lick an ice cream cone and tell me I'm worth nothing. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I, I will say, me and my brothers used to make fun of my grandpa a lot for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> Steve, you're surprised by that, I know. Yeah. Uh, one of the things he said is there was there was a gang in his neighborhood, and Stop. we used to be like, oh, there's not a gang. What are you talking about? And he would say, yeah, they would. and one of the things they would do is go around, and if there was a guy licking an ice cream cone, they would punch him in the face. There's no way no that's idea. a real story. I, that's, that's a real story that he would tell us. It's a real story he would tell us, but it was like our favorite thing to make fun of him for. But now as an adult, oh, I'm like, it might be true. He was he was gaslighting you. He was trying to make you feel like your generation wasn't tough enough. That's because true. you guys kept asking for money to go to the ice cream truck. That was his way of convincing you you didn't need to go to the ice cream truck. Because in his neighborhood, you got beat up. For that ice cream that yeah. you were looking on, Hazel this Park, Hazel Park, Michigan, man, rough streets, the mean streets. <laughs> yeah. um, Caleb, on a more serious note, what did you think of Cam getting attacked? Go serious. Well, I I've seen videos in the past. I don't I don't think I'm surprised by it, which is shocking in today's culture. But the culture of like the seven on seven youth football, uh, AAU parents, if you want to even go to basketball, multiple sports, where it's just too involved. I think the the entitlement that that like swarm this generation or this you know future generations i guess in the sports world of how good everybody thinks they are and how worthy they are the fact that cam newton is putting on these things and people have historically it's like it's been years that they've been disrespecting him at these places and this is the first time that i know of that it's gone to blows um so that's that's the first element of this and the second of the element of this is something that i think shannon sharp hit on was that cam doesn't have to do this he doesn't have to continue to expose himself and I'm not saying this as like, oh, he's being so charitable, he's sacrificing. No, Cam, remove yourself from these kinds of situations. You can help people as much as you want to. If they don't want to be helped, if they disrespect you, you have to learn how to walk away. I think Cam Newton gets a sense of, of pride out of going and proving himself and talking down to and talking trash to these people that are obviously less than him. He's an MVP candidate. You don't hear about this from other people who are charitable and have foundations and support local youth in the football journey, um, but they don't have these kind of interactions. I think Cam does, and you can see it kind of in hinted the way he talks about Brock Purdy. I hate to correlate the two, but he has a sense of I have to prove my worth or my value, whether it be through talking and analyzing the game on my podcast or talking to these flag football coaches and their parents in a demeaning way. Cam Newton is to blame for these interactions continue to happen to some degree. Now, it's nonsense for these people to try to fight Cam Newton as big as he is, first of all. And then with his status as what as far as what he's achieved in the game of football, uh, I think they just lost lost the grip of reality and, and what these things are supposed to be about. I thought of disrespecting a quarterback a little bit over the weekend into Monday, and that's with regards to Doug Brumfield. And we're talking to Caleb Herring, a former Rebel quarterback, and now Brumfield is a former Rebel quarterback. I thought he got disrespected a lot the last couple of years by a lot of fans who questioned his injuries and his brittleness, and then we see him medically retire. Um, how did that make you feel? Because I know you defended Doug Brumfield a lot. 
I'm proud of Doug, number one. I think that's the, the first thing that I'll say is to come to the conclusion that football is over for you, whether it's through, you know, just not making it to the next level or through realizing that my health is more of an important thing and being able to publicly announce that is big for him. So I'm proud of him for doing that. I'm proud of him for the way he handled himself in the face of the scrutiny that he was going through. Um, for the people, like you said, that were dragging his name and accusing him of faking or not being good enough, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever the, the narratives were that were negative, his response from Doug himself was never reactive. I think he, he handled himself with grace throughout the whole journey that he was on. Um, so I, again, commend him for that. I feel for him because this must have been hard. Uh, last season especially, um, to see the team succeed when he knew he wanted to contribute, and this was kind of his year to break out. For all intents and purposes, and you and I have had watched him during the fall, he seemed like the good quarterback, like the quarterback that could get it done, the starter coming out, and then for injuries to again be the thing. There were three seasons in a row where injuries knocked him out of the game. Um, it must have been tough for him to watch the team now get over the hump and succeed. Glad he was able to be a part of it. He even got on the field for a couple of snaps during the season, but I'm glad he was able to be a part of it. Um, I wish him the best in this transition into the next phase of his life, whatever he decides to do with it, whether it be coaching, going into civilian life, I don't know. But uh, I, the, the sentiment I want to echo is that I'm proud of Doug for the journey, um, and I'm proud of him for uh, coming to the conclusion, a healthy conclusion for himself uh, going forward. Well, that means spring practice is going to have a new look, right, a quarterback. Uh, Matthew Sluka won't be in until the – uh, middle of the summer, beginning of the summer in June. He's a transfer in from Holy Cross. You knew something was building in terms of revamping the quarterback room. So the battle in the spring, I guess. What would you guess? Will they, with the reps, will they go with Cam Friel as the guy and you know, have Haj Malik Williams to transfer in from Campbell as the two? What happens? Do you split reps? Do you have a clear starter? What do you do? I, well, I think in this case, you go Williams getting all the reps. I think uh, really? with the way he's transferring in, I think, uh, and this is, I, I've, I've always been one to say the competition aspect of it is, is to make things harder for a team. I'm, I'm more in favor of declaring a starter and going with that guy and letting the film prove me wrong. If that's the case, like if, if, if he goes out there, you know, I give him the reins starting spring ball and he's not doing right. And Cam is with the twos or whatever, and he's doing well, then things can change. It's, it's malleable. What I say at the beginning isn't necessarily what's going to be at the end. Um, but I'm more in favor of giving the guy the reps and letting him prove that he either is or isn't the guy. The longer you split reps, the more indecision there is for you as a coach. This is how I always looked at it. Um, so I'd say give the guy who is uh, – he's a, a graduate senior. It's not like he's a young guy who had experience at the level. He's been in early. He's been around, gotten the playbook. I want to feed him through a wire, uh, fire hose and see if he can handle it in the spring. Um, maybe then when Fluka comes in in the summer and there's some sort of competition there, I get that because you got to give the new guys a chance. But I think in the spring, this is not a knock on Cam Friel, but I think the direction of this offense has moved and based on the recruiting has moved to this style of quarterback. Fluka and Williams have a style, uh, and I think it fits the go-go offense. So I think it's clear that those two quarterbacks are the best suited. And right now, Williams is the only one available to take the reps. I would say I would lean to him to get the bulk of the reps during the spring plan. One, to get him to learn it, to learn the offense, to be comfortable with it. Uh, but then two, I think that's just what the system kind of mandates at this point as far as where the offense is going, if I guesstimate it based on the recruitment. Caleb, we appreciate it. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Enjoy that ice cream cone there, Adam. Uh, remember, spring practice opens up on Saturday, runs all the way through the beginning of April, and then they're going to have a spring showcase on April 6th for UNLV football.